Let's get ready to rumble! Hello, hello, and welcome to Netflix vs. Cinema, the podcast that this week has gotten some slightly, some news of some sad, delayed gratification, which is that last week, if you listened to us last week, you would have heard us rejoicing about the fact that the stars had aligned the 17th of May, sinners were coming back to the UK, it's Sean's birthday, Sean was going to get to go have a big birthday blowout on his birthday, watch Godzilla vs. Kong. Only to find out that Sydney World Cinemas are not all all reopening on the 17th of May, but some of them are delaying their opening till the 19th of May. How sad. That's sad. How sad. My name is Tosin, and I am the host of the podcast. I am based uh, in the United Kingdom in because of, now we have international listeners, so I have to actually point out the fact that we're based in the United Kingdom. <laughs> in the middle of the country in a place called Worcestershire. And joining me on the Isle of Wight, as always, are Sharon. Hello. And Sean. Hi, yeah. Hello. Yeah, yes, the, the, the Sean we just spoke about. So, Sean, I mean... Th- Sean, that... you look like a ghost. I do. I was just trying to wonder. I don't think there's a lot I can do about it, is there, really? <laughs> I wouldn't have thought. I just have to... I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Disappearing. Okay, we're, we're on like a Zoom that, call. Like that silly film. I'm that invisible man. <laughs> okay uh, yes yes so obviously from the from the title netflix of cinema we are a film podcast and one of the big things over this lockdown period because i think it was one of the last films we saw before cinemas had their first break away from uh, from being open was the invisible man which sean and i if you go and listen to previous episodes you can hear sean and i discussing the merits and not so merits of the invisible man <laughs> clue one of us is a lot more forgiving than the other one is but <clears throat> but sean how do you feel you, you have to do you have to wait two days two days yeah, after I, your birthday i do i do um but uh as i say it was um I've, I've obviously been looking at what's on and so i'm I'm still really really excited and i shall be going wednesday i don't know if sharon wants to join me but i shall go wednesday and and at the monday so on the monday i'm like we'll go out for a meal i think and then if anybody wants to come back we'll watch a movie in the garden if the weather's good so yeah yeah <clears throat> so for anybody who doesn't realize what the isle of wight is the isle of wight is an island off the south coast of england so um that's where sean and sharon shall be i shall be away but but yeah you but that's come, next you week. can come you can come if you want toes but i don't oh. think you won't be uh, you would be allowed to but it's a yeah, I, think, I think at that time, at that time, I yeah. would be allowed to. I would yeah. be. We're allowed to go and visit you, people. You're more than welcome if you want to come. Oh, Drad, it just it just struck me. This time next week, you guys would have been in the cinema, and you would have watched something in the cinema this time next week. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yes. Could be Kong versus God or Godzilla versus Kong. Because oh, good lord, I, I don't know why, but it just, I would. Oh, you know, we've been talking about the 17th of May. It just didn't occur to me. It's next week. <laughs> it's next, next week, yeah. week. Alright, alright, cool So anyway, we're going to cap fire on with this week And what we usually do on this show Well, when cinemas are back So from next week onwards It might take us a couple of weeks to get up to speed But we would usually go and watch a couple of things in the cinema Usually three thing, three films in the cinema And we will watch a couple of things at home And we will weigh them both up We will say, 
out of five, this is what we saw in the cinema. Out of five, this is what we saw at home. We'll weigh them up both up, and at the end of the sh- episode, we'll tell you, ding, 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 who won this week? Was it Netflix or was it cinema? Now, obviously, cinema is not back, not yet. It's delayed by a bit longer than we hoped for, but it's, it's coming back. So what we're doing at the moment is just talking about the things that we have seen at home. The things we have seen at home... Some of us might have watched a lot more than just one thing. So we will bring forward the, we will will sift through the things that we have watched and say, this one, this is the one I want to bring forward. So this week, what are we bringing forward? Sharon, fire away. What are you bringing forward? I'll bring forward us to review Stowaway on Netflix. Stowaway. So that, that, okay, that's one of the Netflix original movies, Stowaway. Sean, if you can choose, what Uh, out of all the things you've seen, what are you bringing forward this week? Well, well, what I'd really love to do, I mean, the recent films I've, I've seen is Son of the South. Um, that's probably the most recent film, but I've, I have rewatched some stuff. And there's a film which is Once Upon a Time on the West, and it's from 1968, so it's, it's like years old. But I started to watch it, and I had no intention I was going to do other things, and I ended up just like totally watching it. So I, I could probably, I'd like to bring that one to the Okay. Yeah. All right. I, I think, I think it's... Uh, oh, oh well, with the pandemic, God knows we'll, we'll allow it. We'll, okay, <laughs> we'll allow it. All right. I mean, I can I, I can mention the other one if you I can mention sort of the other one if you want to as well. Because okay, I'll tell you what. Because once upon a time in the West, I think we have all seen that. Sharon, have you seen it? I don't think I have. Oh, oh my goodness me, Sharon! I'm just trying I'm to shocked. Think. I'm shocked. <laughs> totally, yeah. totally shocked. Really shocked. <laughs> I mean, that's like knocked me for six that you haven't seen Once Upon a Time in the West. <laughs> yeah, okay, uh, so I'm, it's honestly, a character. I'm trying to think. I don't. Yeah, I know. I don't think I have seen it. Okay, so so just a little bit of background in, in our filmic tastes. So Sean is usually Sean is big into his westerns, as is Sharon. So I guess that that's where the shock comes from. The fact that <laughs> Once Upon a Time in the West, a film that before before I saw it, even I heard about this one being spoken about as one of the seminal classics of the western genre that it's yeah it, it is kind of like oh wow you haven't seen that one uh, but anyway anyway so let's i'll tell you what let's do that we'll give it we'll give ourselves seven minutes per film so seven minutes per film that we want to actually talk about and sean we will kick off with um once upon a time in the west so let's go once upon a time in the west then we'll go to Sharon stowaway and we'll finish off with me with invincible season one on um amazon prime so cool. sean your time okay your time starts now seven minutes go once upon a time okay uh, so this film this film is um such an immersive film it's a western it's basically uh in the time to do with the railway station the expansion of the railway station from from the atlantic to the pacific so and and this this person's bought some land which because he knows basically knows the i I can tell you the story because it doesn't really matter um Mm -hmm. So he's bought some land, which he knows. He bought it years ago, which he, he knows that the, the railroad are going to have to buy. So, of course, he's, he's going to build himself a, a town. Yeah. But, and he's married this, this, this wife from New Orleans. He's, he's this woman from Claudia Cardinale turns up. Yep. And, um, basically, when she turns up, he's been killed. He's been, and the family's been killed. So she's, she sort of has got this place. She's got, the, she's got all the stuff. She looks through everything to see what it is. And there's some other themes in it. There's like Charles Bronson is out for revenge. You've got 
Henry Fonda, who is a real shock. Blue because, eyes. Yeah, because he's like been totally good in everything. Even even as Frank James in Frank and Return of Frank James, he was still good. So all the films he's ever been in, really, Henry Fonda's been the good guy. But the things that happen in this, that he does in this. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's just like it's totally out of character of everybody. So, And I think that was what was going to be, is people were going to say, oh, my God. You know, when they would have seen it in, in that time, they'd say, that's Henry Fonda. He's, he's yeah, doing he's... some nefarious, nasty things, you know? Totally out of character. So, and yeah, so it's, it's basically a, a, a revenge Western... A, uh, it's got all the Western tropes that, that make Westerns really, really good. And also, as I say, I got totally, I, I couldn't help it. I got totally immersed in it. And they obviously, you know what light motif is, yeah? Light motif. Yeah, yeah, light motif. Yeah, music, motif. yeah, with, the, with them, each character has their own bit of music. And it was yeah. just, I thought, because it'd been a while since I've seen it. And I thought, oh, this is just, <laughs> just wonderful. Because each character has got its own, its own, each character has their own theme, you know? And it yeah. just, and it works and it works and it's it's really really mesmerizing and there's some terrific cinematography the cinematography is is absolutely brilliant and it's a masterpiece and i seem to remember when i was younger i preferred the spaghetti western uh, westerns like that and i think although i saw once upon a time on the west it yep. wasn't uh, it wasn't up there with the clint eastwood ones so yep. um but this time ah. Oh, it was it was it has to go down it's like they're so 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 good with all the music and because it's not like huge on action there are action sequences but it's not like they're, they're sort of far and few between yeah yeah um and and the characters are, are, are really really good as well like like harmonica and cheyenne yeah and like we say frank and yeah. frank they call it yeah yeah frank and it's just really it, I don't know. It's it's okay. So, so the thing is, you say it's you said you're talking about spaghetti western, but this is actually directed by Sergio Leone, who mm -hmm. who created pretty much the spaghetti western genre. Pretty so, much. It, it might, but it's almost kind of like it, instead of because I think even though the western is a genre, there's a whole bunch of different genres within the western. There's the western yeah. as action movie. There's the west western almost like kind of a superhero movie, and then there's the western as historical epic. But, yeah. um so historical epic um rumination on the nature of life and i think this one falls a lot more into that it's like a big epic film big it's, epic uh, film and uh, it's almost you... it's almost like a homage as well to the the john ford movies because um and and there's scenes that are taken straight out of a film out of other films like the railroad in in um how the west was won there's a railroad road scene mm -hmm. which is yep. basically the shot where it pans out towards the end where the town's being built is basically uh, shot, you know, it's shot for shot. If you was to compare it with the with the uh, section in Once Upon a Time in the, uh, with the section of uh, how the West was run, it's basically like a almost shot for shot. And also there's a scene through, I don't think it's Death Valley, but it's obviously similar to Death Valley, which were in all the John Ford Westerns. So it's basically a total homage to all the Westerns. As, as I say, it has all the Western tropes and... Yeah, I have to say that this is this is a masterpiece of this is a masterpiece, and I'm shocked that Sharon hasn't seen it. So we're gonna <laughs> I'm gonna bring Sharon here. I'm gonna sit her down and say you have to watch this movie. Okay, fine. We know what Sean's gonna be showing in his backyard cinema. 
for, uh, <laughs> for I, I would love to do i would love i would so love that that'd be absolutely brilliant but we'd have to show it in about three parts i think because it's like it's like an incredibly long movie but yeah, I know, that's one of the that's one of the things i was thinking because when you said that you started watching this film and you got you got sucked in i was like that's a very long film to get sucked into it, it really because is yeah it's 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 pushing it's close to four hours isn't it yeah 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 so uh, it's, it's a it's a long old film but i was absolutely really really there i was really really in with it in with the um in with the in with the film and as i say the the music as well the the light motif all the different characters the different music and you know what was coming so yeah um yes it's 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 great i mean the, and even at the start it's really because how these like i mean i know i'm going on a bit about this but at the start there's um you, you've got like these three three cowboys it, it's it's kind of it's a world yeah. famous scene there's, like i i knew about I heard yeah. about this scene before I ever watched this film. And, 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 it's, so you've and got, it's, it's essentially yeah. just three people waiting at yeah, a train waiting. station for somebody to arrive. And there's no there's no sound. There's just no... Well, there is. Well, there's, there's, like no, fly. No, there's no dialogue. There's like a, no, yeah, there's no dialogue. And also you've got like just a fly, but there's no there's no music. You can hear women going... And maybe some horses and... And yeah, there's like, like a, a, like a, tap, a, fly. a tap dripping and a, and yeah. a fly going... But there's no, no sounds. And then... When when Charles Bronson turns up, it's like, and then you get the harmonica theme. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just remember I mean, that it goes. It lasts. It lasts about eight minutes as well. It does, but I mean, before I suppose when I was younger, it would have probably seemed a little. But and there's just the line where he goes, um, "Looks like we're." He goes, "You you sent for Frank?" He says, uh, "Oh, looks like we're we're one horse shy." And old Charles Bronson says, "Looks like." Yeah. Too too many, and yeah. <laughs> it's just a great line. What a great line! So yeah, so this film, I think it's an absolute absolute masterpiece for Western, and you know, I, I certainly certainly up there. And I'll have to say that's probably uh, it's going to be. I'm going to have to. I mean, I don't do this because I was into it so much, and I'm I'm going to have to give it a five. I'm yeah, okay, so I loved it. I, I loved this film. It was absolutely brilliant. That five out of five stars for. For once upon a time in the time West. In the West, yeah. <laughs> because you said how the West was won earlier, it got me confused for a second. I was like, for wait, no, get the right yeah, film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah get, get the, get right, the right West film. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. And they're both long as well. Yeah. How the West was both... won was, is a long film. Mm. Yeah. Well, I, saw, I, I... I saw that in Cinerama. I think I did. I spoke about that on one of our platforms that I went to yeah. the Bradford National In some saw that. screenings of it, you see the line, don't you? Yeah. And down the sides, that's and you it. see the three, and it's often. Often the three different bits are slightly different colours yeah. to each other. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's um, it's funny because with the with how the West was won, I mean, obviously, no, 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 wrong one. Once upon a time in the West. <laughs> but I think it's because Sergio Leone he also did Once Upon a Time in America, which is that's also it, yeah. like another long movie that's kind yeah. of. And it's funny because of how you how you're talking about because I think at the beginning the first scene, the three people waiting for someone to arrive are played by old stars of the western yeah. genre like jackie Jack lamb Elam, yeah woody strode yeah woody strode and i i don't know the other ones he, he has turned up in a lot of spaghetti westerns but i'm not sure i think he must be an italian actor because i've seen him in other yeah in other films but I, I i wouldn't know his name yeah and and to get a bit sort of like you know film buffy i mean that's what this whole podcast is about is because the film itself how the west was won i mean ah, 
Once upon a time, <laughs> once upon a time in the West. The, the so the the film itself it's almost kind of like a meditation on the death of the old West because like you know you had the train coming through which meant that like you know things were becoming a bit more regimented. Yeah. But also the death of the Western as the dominant film genre because this was made was it sixty nine, sixty eight. 68 yeah. yeah 68 yeah. towards the end of the sort of western domination of cinema yeah and it's and it's so i think that there's and there's all this stuff that i think sergio leone manages to capture in this film which is quite good and it's funny because one of the things i was going to say when you mentioned this thing about henry fonda is yeah before i watched this film all i read about was people talking about oh my god it's such a shock henry fonda playing a bad guy <laughs> and and I, it's one of those things that i think gets lost in history because mm. at the time when it was released it must have been an absolute shock because mm. as you said henry fonda was always the good guy that was his his typecast that was his and then for the way he breaks out of it in this but i was watching the film going what's the big deal yeah he, <laughs> He's where, he wears a black hat. Yeah. He's a bad guy, and and it's it's one of those things that gets lost. That I think when you come to it later on in life, without living through it, you'll never be able to reclaim it. You'll never be able to reclaim the shock of oh my god, <laughs> it's a, oh my god, he's a bad guy. You'll never be able to reclaim the shock of oh, it went from black and white to color. <laughs> you'll never be. It's it's one of those cinema things that I love it when people play like that. You'll never be able to reclaim that. But anyway. Thank you very much, Sean. Kicking us off with Once Upon a Time in the West. Yeah, yeah, I got it right. I got it right. Yeah, you did get it right, yeah. <laughs> Once Upon a Time in the West. Not how the West was won, which I should actually watch one of these days. Um, oh, no, 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 no. No, I that's one I, I had seen. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Yo, you wouldn't watch how the West was won? I wouldn't, no. Safe, I mean, it's but... okay. if if to, to see it in its original format was... But the, the film itself, no, no offence to it, but the film itself is... Not exactly, yeah. <laughs> well, it's almost like five films that are stitched together, yeah, yeah, that yeah are yeah. loosely linked together because of this one family. That's so, it. if you view it as certain certain films within the film are better than others, yeah, because they're oh. all directed by a different director and they That's have a right. different oh. cast. Yeah. Yeah, Every yeah, now yeah. and then, one of the cast members from the previous story will carry over into the next one, but it is like five separate. It stories. is, yeah. But I mean, what did you think on it? I mean, it's all right, but it's just a bit. It's okay, a bit, so like, okay, so Sean, in that case. If I gave you How the West Was Won or Paint Your Wagon, which one would you watch? Oh, jeez. <laughs> Can I get back to you on that? <laughs> okay, for those of you who don't understand, look up Paint Your Wagon. You know you know how we're talking about the fact that it's lost on you, how um, uh, Henry Fonda shows up in a film as a bad guy and everyone's like, oh! <gasps> But I think Peter Wagner probably had a similar, similar effect <laughs> when Clint Eastwood and Lee Marvin, the yeah. two hard men of cinema, show up in the film. And if you watch the film, I'm like, what the heck am They're I watching? singing. <laughs> <laughs> There's actually an episode of The Simpsons in which they do, they make fun of that. They make fun of the fact that Homer goes to a video store, rents a film, goes, Clint, it's like Clint Eastwood, Lee Marvin, he's always annoyed at something. This is going to be great. <laughs> and they get someone who does not expect the film that he ends up with. So yeah, look up Paint Your Wagon. Right, let's move on to our second film. And Sharon, this is you, and you saw Stowaway on Netflix. So take it away, tell us what that is with your seven minutes starting now. Yeah, Stowaway falls neatly within that sub-genre of space films, of where it's about isolation as much as anything else. So we, it falls in with Silent Runnings, uh, The Martian, mm. uh, Moon, where Ooh. it's Ooh. it has a certain feel about it. And so basically this 
And this has only got four cast members in the entire film. That's the only people you see. And you only ever see them within the space module that they're in. You never see them in their lives or outside of it. Their world, this is their world entire. And it's basically, it's the beginning of a, a long-term space mission to Mars where um, all the equipment has been sent ahead and they are basically the astronaut, the scientists who are then going to go to Mars as the first people to spend any time on Mars um, to run scientific experiments. So it feels quite modern and that it, the set and the design all looks like the International Space Station that we see footage of when we saw pictures like Tim Peake and Colonel Hatfield we have a visual that we can visualize what modern space travel is. And so this is very much set in that world. These are scientists who are in space. They're gonna to go to Mars to conduct some experiments to see what the possibilities are for the next step in like human evolution in terms of space travel. And everything starts off where the, 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 the rockets don't quite go to their planned trajectory. They're falling short and they can't understand why that all the models aren't quite working, why their sort of their height and everything about it is is lower than it should be. Yeah. And it it's not a, it's not a secret because of the title of the film. The problem is that one of their ground crew had got in an accident and basically was still on board when they took off. Oh. <laughs> so they find themselves instead of having a three man crew and it's weighted to the nearest sort of ounce or to the nearest gram everything on board, the fuel consumption, the oxygen consumption, food, everything is weighed and geared towards a three-man crew and suddenly they have a fourth person on board. And when they discover this fourth person, then there, an accident occurs which has an impact on the viability of the future of their mission. And so the whole film is basically around the moral dilemmas about what do we do? What options do we have when we're on a one-way mission? It's there's like a go/no-go, no go, isn't there? Point of a mission where yeah. you have a point where you can mm -hmm. abort, and there's a point where That's it. you can't because you're in the wrong place. You've got enough fuel. You everything. You can't just turn around and go back. And they're in a point where they've gone beyond the point where they can actually go back and abort the mission. They've either got to commit or make some hard choices. And so the moral part of the film is the nature of some of those hard choices that they may have to make. Yeah. And so I can't really say much more about it because then, then there is drama and then there is <laughs> yeah, attention well, comes in from when they mm. try to face these moral dilemmas. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, sure, uh, Sharon, I think you are, you are, you are doing a lot more work to not be, to avoid spoilers <laughs> than spoilers. the trailer of this film does. So, so well done to you. Well done to you because the trailer for this film just sets out. You watch the trailer because I saw it. Uh, I saw it on Netflix. It was one of those things where I was like stowaway, yeah. and I saw the cast. I was like, "Ooh, Anna Kendrick! It's uh, it's 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 got Anna Kendrick in it. All right, she's made a Netflix film. Anna Kendrick is someone who I actually quite like watching. She makes some good choices, and so." Oh, I watched the trailer and the trailer pretty much says, and this is the moral dilemma. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Within the first well, 30 I, seconds. Well, so, I, need, I worried so much then. But yeah, they just say, they just mentioned the cast. It is a, there's only four people and they're all basically, you can't have a weak person when there's a four cast yes, member yeah. film. So they, they are Anna Kendrick, Tony Collette, Daniel Day Kim and Shamie 
Anderson, I hope I've pronounced his first name correctly. And they are all on form. They all play their the vulnerability and the, the complexities of their characters. Yeah. Um, particularly well. So yeah, I couldn't fault any of them. And I I will go straight into the you know, the I enjoyed it. I thought to me it did fit within that category of film where it's like this is like the reality of space travel. Well, it's set in the future, but you know, it's it's yeah. it's recognizable as us in a few years' time. And that it looked like the inside of the International Space Station where you've got there's no wasted space. Every item on board has been weighed and it's got its own place, it's got its own home. Yeah. And whereas you see in some spaces they open a cupboard and everything is just like, Oh, let's rummage through a cupboard and it's like yeah, you you're not going to have anything that's going to come floating out at you if you open up a door. It's yeah. all going to be in its place and secure. So I liked that 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 feel of it. It just to me it felt the the realism of it. Right. Yeah. Okay. And how they, you know, when you we have like the Apollo thirteen when they have like moral dilemmas in space and, you know, it's you almost know even though I didn't know the history of the Apollo thirteen before I saw the film, you almost know that. They're going to find a way. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. Wait, this is feel, this yeah, is feel good be, Hollywood. It's going to be danger, but not. Yeah, we're not really going to be that worried that you're all going to blow up and die. <laughs> it's like uh, they spent enough money on this film to get these actors in it. They're not going to kill them. Not going to kill them all <laughs> anyway. And so with this, because it is that speculative fiction, you don't you don't know basically whether they are going to like push them all out the airlock so that the, <laughs> one of them can survive on what air and oxygen and food they have or whether they are going to, you know, make difficult choices. So I enjoyed it, actually. I like that moral complexity of it. And I like the fact that it felt, you know, that if these are people who often, again, you have the in space drama and science fiction drama, they're all horribly glamorous. And mm. if you have like a young man, a young woman, you're thinking, uh-oh, we know where this is going. Yeah, and so yeah. It didn't have that element to it in some ways. You're thinking, yeah, these are people who are professionals. They've trained a long time to be where they are. They're not going to be frivolous, like they're sort of trying to, you know, do anything illicit. They are. It's not going to be like everybody getting off with everybody else. Exactly. This is Beverly Hills 90210 in space. Yeah, I'm a single man. You're a single woman. Hey, and we're in space (laughs) for three years. (laughs) What could possibly go wrong? (laughs) So I just like that to me. It felt grounded. It felt. Uh, but there was real drama, there was real quandary there. So I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was very well done. But right, definitely so, within that sort of category of a space science fiction film. How many stars would you give it? I would happily give it a strong three. I always hesitate to go up into the four region because, um, you know, that's a bit special. Um, but <laughs> no, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was good. And I would say it was a definite, definite three um, plus all yeah. right all right cool i think this this we you were talking about subgenres, and i think um this probably falls into a subgenre of film for me which i remember when gravity was released at the end of gravity there was this uh at the end of that year there was a website called college humor and they decided to make posters of films that give you what the, essentially let's We'll, we'll give the we'll give the film the title that tells you exactly what this film is about. So instead yeah. of a film being called Gravity, they changed the title of Gravity to Space is Terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> and and th- this strikes me as one of those sort of things that is like you know that that it, it strikes me as a subgenre of Space is Terrifying films. A bit like yes. um, I remember when we watched the film Everest. 
Oh, um, yeah. It, which, which film, Everest. And Sean was like, oh, wow. That really makes me, gave me like, you know, snow fever. I, I really want to go to Everett Base Camp. And on the other hand, he had the total opposite reaction to me. I was like, I am never going there. <laughs> I was like, I nature is terrifying. Yeah. I like having this number of toes and this number of fingers. I don't want to go up there and... It's like, uh, you know what? I just realized I, I, I like being able to breathe. Bre mm. Breathing is pretty, yeah. <laughs> breathing, breathing is vastly underrated. I want to keep breathing. I'm not going to Everest. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure I heard actually that there was, they, the, the Everest is really booked up this, this year and there's already been sort of a couple of deaths. So. I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. There's enough people in the world who would go do that and more yeah. power to them. They go there, they get some good experiences, they take some good pictures, but I will not be joining you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. That's one of the things I'm happy to say. It's for some people, not for me. <laughs> right. Uh, like, oh yeah, there's just some places that... If God meant us to be on Everest, he would have made the air there breathable. But yeah. <laughs> yes, it would not be that hostile. <laughs> <laughs> but... Um, all right. Okay. Let's get on to the third thing we're going to talk about this week. So the third thing is, is Invincible Season 1. Now, Invincible is based on a comic book um, that is written by the same person, Robert Kirkman, who made, if you hear that name, Robert Kirkman, can you think of what other thing he made that got into a long-running TV series? Walking Dead? Yes. He made The Walking Dead. So Robert Kirkman's two big things are The Walking Dead and this comic called Invincible. And Invincible is one of these things where... Um, I, I think we're getting a lot of it now because I think we're we're hitting some sort of superhero saturation point where superheroes is no longer a genre. I mean that genre is a word that's coming up a lot. Mm. <laughs> it's we coming like a lot using this... that word. Yeah. Yeah, but but like for instance, you know how people used to think oh a superhero film was a genre, but now especially with what Marvel have done, you realize that no that there there's many different genres. You can have a superhero comedy, you can have a superhero action movie, you can have a superhero whatever. And it has gone to the point where people have started coming up, writing things that are almost kind of commentaries on superheroes, like The Boys. The, the boys, boys, yeah. yeah. Yeah, The Boys is written as a comic. That is, and I think Amazon, you know, we're talking about how Amazon are trying to carve a niche for themselves with time loop romantic comedies. Mm. And I think they're also doing something when it comes to superheroes. They want to go for the alternative superhero yeah. that is a little bit more realistic yeah. or a little bit more irreverent about a subject matter. So Invisible is one of these. And you start off with this guy, Mark Grayson, and he is like, you know, your stereotypical your teenager in school. Think Spider-Man. So a typical teen teenager in school and he lives in a world where there's superheroes and then one day he's working at this um, burger mart is what they um, is what he calls it. so essentially like a burger king or something like that like a dead-end job um, and he he's taking the, the the trash out and he takes his this bag and he tries to throw it into the bin when he throws it, it just goes way up into the sky and goes out of distance and he looks up and he just goes it's about time and then you find out that and you, well, I mean, from telling you this story, you, you, you will notice a lot of the tropes that come up in superhero things. It, it turns out that he is his dad is Earth's greatest superhero, a guy called Omni-Man, who isn't actually from Earth, was actually an alien who came from another planet, arrived on Earth one day and is like Earth's greatest guardian. You have these you have the superhero team called Guardians of the Globe and, and all that goes. And it turns out that. At one point, the, they've been waiting for Mark's powers to develop, and his dad sits him down and tells him, "Like, yeah, you're actually from you're actually from uh, Viltrum. Like, you know, I'm I'm from Viltrum. You have Viltrumite. That means that one day you're going to develop powers, and then you and me we can fight crime together and all that sort of stuff." 
and it's and that is the basic setup and it's this is one of those funny shows where if i speak about what happens in episode one i can speak about some stuff that happens in episode eight that's less spoilerific than what happens in episode <laughs> one <laughs> so episode one a big thing happens that throws everything about this world on its head where you're like okay what exactly is this what what, 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 what is this a superhero origin story what is going on here and it sort of takes, and it's one of these things that asks the, it's not as bad as the boys, where the boys essentially goes, look, let's be honest. If people had superpowers, they would be super idiots. They would yeah. be super, if you pardon the word dicks, they, they, just, they just would. It's not like, it's not as bad as that. But this is almost kind of like, you know, um, if an, if somebody comes from another planet and becomes Earth's greatest superheroes, what, what does that mean? What, what, what ways could this thing go? And it is a show, uh, the, the, the fact that the title card of Invincible, every single episode, when they show you the title card Invincible, it increasingly gets covered in blood until, <laughs> until the final episode where it's just pretty much a, sk- a screen of red. It tells, it, this is animated, by the way, it's animated. Ooh. So it looks exactly like the comedy. I mean, it looks exactly like the comic. But the, it tells you a little bit about this is a show that doesn't shy away from the realities of what having superheroes would be like. Like there are bits where it is, you know, the the um, wanton destructions that happens when you have like a superhero fight. This is a show that shows you this is what that means. When you have a big massive superhero fight, this is the death toll. When this happens, this is what goes on. And I and I I think it ends up being sort of like a commentary or almost a little bit of a satire on superheroes, but being a very good superhero itself. Mm. I think when the comic was actually released, it was called the greatest superhero. They call themselves the greatest superhero comic of all time. <laughs> but it's it's something that I think um, I think well, Sean, I think you would like it. I think yeah, really it sounds like it. sounds sounds like that's up my street. Actually, I was I'm quite intrigued by it now. Yeah, yeah, no, I think I think you really like it, and as I said, there's there's bits about it that I am just, I don't feel uh, if I say it, it's just going to it's going to be, essentially, the season uh, episode one ends with one of it's one of those episodes that ends with a, what the hell is going on, <laughs> and just makes you want to keep watching because uh, like makes you go hang I'm, on a second, I, I, gotta... I, I'm what is there eight episodes? Is there there's, there's eight, eight episodes, episodes, and how long eight are episode- they? They're about 45 minutes. About 45 minutes. Ooh. They're about 45 minutes, and the voice cast is amazing. The voice cast is top-notch. You have J.K. Simmons. J.K. Simmons plays Omni-Man. You have Sandra Oh, who plays Debbie, his wife. You have Stephen Yoon from The Walking Dead, Dead who, yeah. plays, <laughs> who plays who um, plays the lead character, Mark Grayson, Invincible. And you you have um, there's there, there's this whole thing. There's a whole... The Guardians of the Globe... The whole superhero team, like essentially, they're the Justice League. They're the Avengers of this world. Every single one of them is voiced by somebody who has been in The Walking Dead. Oh wow! <laughs> cool. It, it's funny because so you have this also all these sort of like um, almost sort of in jokes that you have with the Robert Kirkman thing. But I think that the script is really really good. I think that the the performances are top notch. I think the animation is great, and I think the way it actually, the way it approaches some of these things the way it approaches things like like for instance one of the big things for me was the death toll the death toll from uh from a um from a superhero fight it doesn't shy away from it it doesn't try and be like oh yeah yeah they destroyed a whole city block but everything was fine it doesn't yeah, they all managed to get out in time <laughs> yeah it's like oh that building was falling down but don't worry we got the superhero here and the superhero managed to save everybody in the building spoiler alert he doesn't so <laughs> he doesn't he very graphically doesn't 
<laughs> so uh, all the, I think I would give the first season of Invincible a four out of five. I, I I really quite enjoyed it. Good. It's been a good crop this week. It has been a good crop this week. It has been a good crop this week. All right, we have less than a minute. We might get cut off uh, something, so we might just need to just come off and and finish it off. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. My seven minutes. Okay. I, I did it before my seven minutes were up. So, uh, so um, I think that's everything for us this week. Yep. Yeah. I think it, oh, so until next week, all that's left to say is a goodbye from me. Ah, I knew that was gonna happen. I knew that. I knew that was gonna happen. A goodbye for me. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that was going to happen. <laughs> I was like, oh, we might be able to do it, but I bet you I'm just going to... I bet you going to cut us off halfway through. Sure, <laughs> <laughs> I was just saying, I was just going to say that we, we, uh, I knew that was going to happen. I knew that halfway through as I tried to go goodbye from me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, That's it. It's gonna be it's gonna be an ad cut. Um, we had we had pretty much just finished recording this podcast before because so those of you who might have been watching this podcast or listening to this podcast will know that um well we're a bit tight here around about Netflix cinema. We refuse to spend money, so so we tend to record over Zoom, and because Zoom only lets you forty minutes, we sometimes just about get ourselves in to the forty minute thing. And today it looked like we might just, and then as as uh, as I was saying, it's a goodbye from me. We got cut like, off. I, yeah, I, yeah, it was the same as well. Like, <laughs> so we're back in a second session. We're back in a second session to to pretty much just finish it off. Although I will say one thing though, I'm actually quite pleased that we are beginning to get shorter and shorter with the way we review yeah. films. Because what that means is that we are making space. What are we making space for, Sean? Space? What are we making space for? The uh, cinema. Exactly. <laughs> We're making space for cinema so that once the cinema comes back this week, this show uh, next week, this show can be twice as long, and <laughs> we can we can hang hold on to people for just about enough time before they get bored of our voices. But until next week, we will finally say this without Zoom cutting us off. It's a goodbye from me. It's and a it, goodbye from me. And it's a goodbye from me. Thank you very much for joining us. We will see you next week. See you all. <laughs>